0: San Francisco Dance Film Festival presents Dancing through the Lens, a bi-monthly podcast featuring guests from our dance and filmmaking communities both near and far. Dancing through the Lens offers a platform for artists in the dance world to share their interests and insights and discuss how they use film to create work and connect with audiences. I'm Claire Schweitzer, and I'm Coral Martin. This week, we spoke with Amy Sywert, Artistic Director of San Francisco-based Contemporary Ballet Company Imagery, as well as Ben Needham Wood, the company's inaugural Artistic Fellow. We talked about Imagery's forthcoming films within the Sketch Red Thread series, many of which will be screened at the upcoming 12th Annual San Francisco Dance Film Festival. Ben Needham Wood, Amy Sywert, Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you're both doing well.
1: Oh yeah, I'm doing great and happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Let's just dive right in. It's incredible the range of topics that are touched on in the series. You have works that contend with the legacy of the AIDS epidemic, the ongoing struggle to combat anti-Black racism. Uh, the ravages of domestic abuse and how um, you approach modalities for healing and also how folks dealt with all of the kind of rearrangements and shifts that were required of us during the most recent pandemic with COVID-19. So when I look at all these films, I see a lot of depth and a lot of beauty, but they're all quite specific. And I would love to learn about uh, your process in terms of picking this subject matter but also if um, there's a through line that you see connecting all of these pieces.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to to start us off. So the Sketch Films Red Thread series was, um, the original idea behind this project was to figure out, is there a way that we can use dance film to generate empathy for others? And can we do it in such a way that we are able to connect people to causes that seem very relevant in our current condition during this pandemic? And so when we were considering what the subjects were going to be for these films, um, it was important to us to be able to work with with people who have been experiencing some of the major conditions associated with the COVID-19 impact. And those are things like industrial decimation, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, those who are uh, immune compromised, and one thing for me personally is recognizing how much domestic abuse has has spiked during the pandemic as well. And so those were all subjects for us that we felt were very very much a product of the our pandemic conditions. And so that was kind of where those different themes came from, and what our hope was. If we are able to use our art form, which is dance, and communicate someone's personal individual story about what they've been through, what they've experienced, and we can transform that through dance, we can actually um, give audiences the capacity to feel empathy for that person. Even if they haven't experienced the same exact circumstances, they can see the movement and they can connect to the emotional line that that performer would be communicating the story through. And we believe that that could be an amazing tool for us to connect with members of a community who might not realize how connected they are to somebody else. Um, And so that was kind of at the heart of the Sketch Films Red Thread series.
0: Amy, are there any thoughts that you'd like to add or
2: things about the process? It was interesting because imagery before March 2020 we were getting ready for our 10th anniversary sketch, it was meant to be a celebration of the past work but also looking forward we had six choreographers scheduled to come in we had increased the dancer roster it was a really massive undertaking. And um, it had to do with uh, you know, inviting back alumni choreographers, looking to the future choreographers. Um, ben and I were going to uh, really collaborate and dig in for the first time. Um, and when it became apparent that none of that was going to happen, we had to re-envision what it would be. And, and Ben came to me with this idea and I was like, perfect. We're gonna do four films we're going to, everyone's at home. We've got alumni, uh, you know, Ben you're in San Francisco. I'm in Sacramento. We've got an alumni choreographer in Chicago. That would have been Stephanie Martinez and Joseph and Kelsey are there right now. We've got an alumni choreographer, Jennifer Archibald, who's in New York. James Gilmore is there right now. And we are going to ask no one to travel and to create films essentially outside, um, based on this concept, go. <laughs> and, uh, And we were able to dive into this pretty quickly, um, whereas three of the four films were done and out into the world before the end of 2020, um, before a lot of dance companies and specifically ballet companies were really uh, stepping into the dance film world. Uh, And I think one of the things I'm most proud of is Devin Carney, uh, who is the director of Kansas City Ballet, actually came to I believe he came to every single premiere and then um, he said that this inspired him to do the work that the dance film work that Kansas City Ballet then started undertaking so that was that was a pretty big win for us uh, I think imagery always our goal as a very small company is to affect the field as a whole and um, I think ballet has historically been a little slow to come to the dance film table. So it was great to, to see a larger organization undertake this and uh, a prop and shout out to Ben cause he did one of those films for Kansas City Ballet and it's great. You really did something wonderful. So, so jo- joyful and just such a celebration. So um, great to see.
1: Thank you Boss.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's great. Um, So Amy,
0: you mentioned uh, this process of working with performers and choreographers who are living all over the country. So in San Francisco, or rather Oakland, Sacramento, New York City, Chicago. And I'd love to hear just a little bit more about the
2: process of organizing all of that well imagery is incredibly fortunate we have annika presley as our managing director and she is an amazing administrator incredibly thoughtful human just i in general badass i love her with all my heart so um the logistical point of view of getting resources into artists hands really fell on on her shoulders, and she did it brilliantly. But that was a lot of it really was just getting the resources and the people's into their hands. And then saying go because we couldn't have micromanaged it if we tried everything was still at stay at home. Um, So yeah, I just I cannot possibly sing Annika's praises highly enough.
0: Another thing in terms of um, being a viewer, it really was a pleasure to get to kind of travel by going to all of these different locations, especially in a moment when we weren't traveling. Um, so I, I just wanted to to speak to that aspect of getting to see these different locations on film and just kind of get a texture of you know, these different cities and how they um, affect the performer and the performances. But then again, also in the vein of uh, kind of the, the filmic quality of these these pieces another thing that I absolutely loved about um, all four pieces is that there's this very intimate camera work um, you get to have this experience with the dancers where you kind of feel that you're beside them or you're you're almost partnering with them just these really lovely angles that allow you a lot of of um, Proximity and kind of sense of relationship with the dancer, and I, I'd love to learn a little bit more about um, those choices and how they emerged.
1: First, I'm I'm really grateful that that sense of travel that you were reflecting on is something that you felt through that series, and I think part of what we identified at imagery was that as much as this pandemic has created challenges, the idea of creating dance film actually did give us an opportunity to connect with communities that otherwise we'd never be able to engage with because we are a Bay Area based company that mostly does local work that proximity expands when you're, when you're working with film. And so um, that was a really great opportunity for us to kind of engage within that process. Um, but as far as the cinema or the cinematic element of it all, worked part of what was really fun about this process was that all the collaborators that we invited to be a part of sketch um, they were people that as amy was mentioning are are from the sketch family already they're people that we were already associated with and we already knew um, a little bit more about their aesthetics but also just that they have a really composed voice within themselves that is different from everybody else involved in the, in the entire, uh, in all the programming. And so with that diversity that we held within our collaboration teams, uh, we were able to basically set up a structure. This is, these are the, the guidelines for each film, but then we allowed each choreographer and filmmaker pair to kind of take their approach to how do they want to capture it. Because each of these collaborators had their own take on, on their artistic process, it created um, a greater range in the cinematic approaches to each film. Mm. But what we recognize within that is that every artistic voice is different. And so that's going to resonate differently with audiences as well. So some videos do involve much closer work. Some had some sections that were more pulled out. And within all of that, you're seeing a different personal voice emerge for all the artists involved. Um, And I think that's where you can start to really feel the heart of the intention behind the work is the way that those filmmakers chose to either push in or pull back to allow the movement or just the face to really resonate with an audience. And it's the, um, I'm grateful that we had so many brilliant collaborators involved with this project to really bring their voice forward and help capture it in such a powerful way.
0: Mm,
2: That's great. Um, Amy, do you have anything you'd like to add? So as a choreographer, you get to watch dance three feet away from you at all times, Um, you know, depending on the size of the studio, often in the front of the room, you might get kicked in the head, the dancers are that close to you. Um, So that is always my point of view watching dance. And uh, you see so much more from that close. And I love being able to offer that perspective when you're creating a film, um, I am not beholden to if I see the dancer's foot or if I see that whole turn or, you know, um, in the editing process, because to me, there is a time in a story where the most important thing is the dancer's expression, right? So, um, you know, Ben and I have talked about this quite a bit in dance film. What we have done is we've taken a, away a degree of agency from the viewer. Um, uh that happens in a traditional performance setting um normally if someone's going to go to the opera house to see a ballet they're going to say i'm going to pick row d in the middle you've got the seating chart you get to pick your exact point of view some people are going to want to sit close some people are going to want to sit in the balcony Um, some people really like watching a show from backstage they're all different perspectives However, when you see a show, you get that one perspective the entire time. And in dance film, we can show that perspective from so many angles from so you know, whether it's, um, you know, a, a close shot, a far shot, a bird's eye, snail's eye, like you have from the back, you can do 360, we've got all these points of view. And to me, I mean, there was one part in uh, the film I was working on that I thought was so choreographically weak um, that I was like, oh, this is, you know, it just felt like a filler moment to me in terms of choreography. But um, uh, my cameraman went above it and shot it bird's eye. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know it could look like that because, you know, I'm 5'2. I've never seen it from that perspective. Mm And um, that was a great thing to me to be able like I learned something new about my own work just from his perspective of how he was shooting. Mm-hmm. So um, I, it's one of the things I love about this field.
0: Uh, I wanna keep going in this vein, but I I also have a question um, for you specifically, Ben, about what the body holds, um, which we'll be screening um, both in person and online. At our festival this year, and this film um, it combines both personal reflection through voiceover interviews, mainly with Lana Pivchik. I hope I hope I've said that correctly, um, and sections of choreographed movement that are both performed by you and um, Jenna Marie Graves. So, you know the the subject matter is is very personal, and I am. I, I'd like to learn a little bit more about the the process of deciding to go with that subject matter, and also uh, the tools you use to convey um, and advance the tone, themes, and messages of the film.
1: Absolutely. Um, so the decision to to open up so personally for what the body holds was very much decided in collaboration with uh, Matt McKee, the filmmaker who I've worked with. I worked with for What the Body Holds and several other films um, in the past. And what we knew diving into this process, we knew we wanted to um, do our best to represent those who are survivors of domestic abuse and to raise awareness for this cause. And one of the things that is most important to me within this entire process is that every film felt authentic. There was a sense of genuine connection from all the artists to the story that they are telling, to the work that they're putting forward. And when we were trying to think of the most authentic way for us to address this cause, we recognized that um, working with someone like Lana, who is incredible at what she does, the work that Lana Pivchik puts forward and the space that she holds for others in her work is just um, so inspiring to me. Um, But what we recognize is the people she works with are very much in the thick of their abuse of their healing process, or just even identifying that they need to go through a healing process and to ask someone in that state to come forward with their story, uh, we felt was was an insensitive way to approach it for, for this work. And so, but we also didn't want to tell a story about somebody else without them having a voice in the picture. And so that was really the conversation that led me to basically offer, hey, I feel like the, the best way for us to do this is I think I need to tell my story and I need to learn more about what people go through and the option and the opportunities that are there for people to get healing through this film. Um, and so Matt basically said, yeah, I've been thinking that for a while. I just didn't want to be the one to bring it up. <laughs> Um, he wanted to make sure that it was a genuine thought from me, and so we moved forward with that plan. And what what stood out to us is like we had um, we had talked about these films. For me, are really a starting point to develop a, a larger project, and we there are a few different um, modalities of film delivery that we wanted to approach with the greater film. And so we realized, okay, can we combine some different approaches into this one work and see how this idea we have for the big picture actually blends? Can we use interviews? Can we use dance sequences? Can we create something that almost has more of a Vox info feel, um, and allow it to be educational and personal? Um, and, and still very much communicated through, through dance, um, in an honest human way. Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of had all those sections in mind and we spent a lot of time actually storyboarding to figure out which, what the right order for, for all those processes would be for all those different pieces of the puzzle to come together, um, and we were fortunate that we were the last film in the series, so we had a little bit more time to um, to really develop and cultivate that material in a way that was uh, really fulfilling for us. And so we're, we were grateful for that time, and I think that ultimately we learned a lot in that process, um, and that... Yeah. I think we just, we learned a lot and it was a really beautiful gift to be able to combine all those different voices into one work.
0: I always wish that I had hours and hours (laughs) for these interviews. Um, but unfortunately we are coming to, to the end of our time together. But before, um, before we leave, I'd love to just ask both of you what's on the horizon. Um, both for the sketch series and then also it's, you know, connected work movement for movement, um, but also just in your lives and in your careers outside of the sketch series, I would be really delighted to learn um, what's up next.
1: So as I was alluding to a little bit with that, um, the sketch films Red Thread series um, actually did serve as an incubator for a project that I am now diving head on into called Movement for Movement um i have been imagery's artistic fellow for the last three years and i can't believe it's actually coming to a close in the next month which is like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna miss being disconnected to the imagery fam but i'll always be in the imagery fam um the what this fellowship has done is it's given me the the tools that i need to be able to launch my own endeavors and so In the process of developing the Sketch Films Red Thread series, um, I actually started my own company, Redirecting Dance, which is going to be the uh, company producing a series called Movement for Movement, where we use the structure that we developed through Sketch Films Red Thread in order to continue creating short stories that um, are short films that share the stories of individuals all told through dance. Um, with the aim of inspiring empathy um, across different different communities, and so that film series is one that we're diving into now, and ultimately that is leading into. I'm working on a full length documentary feature about how movement affects our mental health, uh, and so those are very much direct products of what this sketch films Red Thread series provided. Um, it gave us the it gave us the platform to understand how we can best do that work. And now we're in a position to start really pushing forward with that to see if we can uh, show dance in a different way that's going to give it a different type of impact within our communities on a national scale. So that's my next thing with all these films.
0: Amy,
2: do you want to share what's what's coming up next for you? As Ben said, as his fellowship is winding down, which we are all in denial about, um, Imagery is right now. We're looking for our next artistic fellow, and that will be announced by the year's end. Um, and if you want more information on that, you can check out our website. Um, but I'm also creating a lot. I'm staging a lot of work with Smewin right now and with Ballet Austin. I've got a, a commission coming up with ODC Dance, which is something I'm really excited about and um and i've got a new film in the works which is uh supported by the nea um, and it's a collaboration with two artists i've worked with before mark pamudi joseph who is an amazing brilliant awesome spoken word poet and uh, daniel bernard romaine who's a fantastic violinist uh and we three collaborated together about a decade ago for a piece for atlanta ballet and i always well, there was a section in that, and I was like, "Oh, I just want to film this outside in Atlanta, um, around the around the city." And that that original concept uh, is something that we are taking to this new film, which will again take place in different cities. It will be basically a love letter to healing of what we're doing right now and it's so in its beginning phases but I'm I love both of these men and they push me creatively each time I work with them so very excited for that one I'm excited for it too thank you I'm so
0: inspired by both of you and so grateful that you took the time to sit down and chat with us so just a very big thank you for this conversation Thanks, Coral. Thank you. Be sure to catch some of the Sketch Films Red Thread series this fall at the 12th Annual San Francisco Dance Film Festival. The film What the Body Holds will screen as a part of the Finding Me Dance Heels short film program on October 17th at the Katherine Clark Gallery and will be followed by a special live performance. More details can be found in the show notes. Dancing Through the Lens is a production of San Francisco Dance Film Festival. It is produced and hosted by Claire Schweitzer and Coral Martin. Theme music for Dancing Through the Lens was composed by Daria Novo. You can find San Francisco Dance Film Festival online at sfdancefilmfest.org and on the social media pages linked in the show notes.